Um, classic, classic uh, moment just, just happened here. Okay, so I'm recording June 18th. We're still doing this. God only knows why. Yeah. Why, why, why are we doing this, Ben? Oh, because we're officially on Spotify, so we, we have to like keep this momentum going. The fans demand it. Yeah. I mean, the fact that we actually um, have been looped into the Spotify algorithm, solid, solid. I still don't know if that actually means anything or how important that is. Probably not. It's like getting accepted to um, get like a Chase Sapphire. (laughs) I was going to say getting like a Chase Sapphire bank card, like when you're like lowest of the low totem pole of credit cards. And then when you get approved to that Chase Sapphire, you're like, oh my God, I'm rich. But you're really not that rich. It's like getting that Capital One mailer with that fake credit card in it that says if you apply, you may get an actual credit card that looks like a fake one. Yes. So I guess that's like our version. Spotify is a Capital One credit card. Perfect. Great. I'm glad we uh, resolved that. Um, yeah. So we're still doing this because we now have a Capital One credit card. And because it's therapy. That, yes. I do agree with this. It's true. I don't know, I, I don't know how today's guests will be therapeutic, but well, we shall see. Yeah, it'll probably culminate in a lot of drinking, a lot of vodka. <laughs> a lot of, yeah, a lot of um, crazy um, talk. How was your week? Uh, my week was pretty good. I mean, it was a, uh, it was, it was hectic. It was, you know, it's been an emotional couple of weeks. And How so? No, I just think the, the world, like everything, oh. it's, it's. You know, it was like, oh, COVID, and then Black Lives Matter, and then it's like, you know, this week, it's like, oof. You know, you think you can't get more energetically uh, sapped, and then something happens. So I'm just, yeah, like, I'm like worried another, about what's next. Well, it's happening. It's the second wave. Like, or is it the beginning of the first, or the end of the first, rather? Well, or I don't know, but like, did, did you see the craziest stats today? Right. But then the, the whole debate, which I don't know if it really matters, is like, well, it's not technically the second wave because we never really finished the first wave. And But we're reopening with the intent that the first wave was done. You know what I'm saying? I think, like, it, so- I think it becomes a semantical exercise. You know, it's like, the well, point of the matter I- is... Yeah. A ton of fucking people are going to get it. And uh, there yes. was an article, I think, on, I don't know, CNN, if that actually means it's a real article, um, that said, you know, Florida, new hotspot for coronavirus. Uh, yeah. Lincoln Road is popping. Like, you know. And I don't know if this whole, like, not wearing masks, wearing masks, like, People need to like get trained on how to properly wear a mask because it's, it's kind of like ridiculous. Like the basic, like, dude, it has to cover both your mouth and nose. You know what I'm saying? Is that really? Yes. Because nah, you could that. breathe in. Anyways. I'm just, I'm just um, yeah. 
anyways. Uh, so, man, last week, I think, was just, you know, as a, uh, even a dispassionately, I think it was such compelling uh, listening. I listened to that like three times. Our, uh, oh, I know. Lonnie's the best, dude. Lonnie is incredible. It was a really, and, and a powerful moment in history to have that conversation. I learned a lot. Yeah. Also, the ironic or also serendipitous way of like her gifting that on her 40th birthday, I just thought was like, cause you know, she's such a giver. Yeah. And, and also just such a mom, like such a mom and teacher. And of course, like that's just her gift. And then like yeah. having this like epic, like monumental birthday 40, which, you know, yeah. that's kind of like a, that's like a, like a serious age, you know, like it's kind of the wise age. And then for her to be like, yeah, hear me, hear me out, man. And it's just like, it's just so perfect. Like we couldn't have planned it. We honestly did not plan that. <laughs> we had no idea it was her birthday. Well, let's be honest. We don't plan anything, you know, which uh, yeah. is, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's the appeal. We're like slacker podcasters. Yeah. It's called the fake podcast for a reason. That is true. Um, so yeah, I thought that was, I, I, that was great. And um, today's going to be a different, a different vibe. <laughs> yes. Because it's going to be like, it's because, because how do we describe John Lynn other than just. Just Lynn, Lynn. Lynn with it. Lynn just, <laughs> Lynn sanity. No, I'm, sure he hates, I'm sure he hates that. Um, yeah, John Lynn. He's just a, he's a name. He's a, he's a figure. He's a figure. He's, he's yes. a stalwart. Yes. What other, what other great synonyms can we describe John Lynn? Uh, he is a, uh, he's at the vanguard. That's not, yeah, I would, that, I'd say he's at the vanguard. Is he really? Sort of, he's an yeah. ur- He's an urban legend. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's like, there's always like a one John Lynn figure in a city. You know what I'm saying? He's a myth, but he's a legend, but not a myth. Correct. He's um, a caricature. I, I don't know. Caricature, I think, is, uh, is maybe not, not that generous. Uh, but he is. He, he really is. He's a character. He's an anomaly. Yeah. Yeah. He, comes one, he comes once every 35 years. He's a truth spitter in a certain way too. Not, not in a, you know, in a sort of a, I think he's a character uh, evaluator. Like he don't he vibe. Should, yeah. Yeah. He should definitely have his own podcast now that I think about it. I think he's a shit caller like when, when it's important to. Yes, but, think- he, but he has this knack of like calling people out and like say if I did it, they'll be like, just fucking bitch. But if John does it, they're like, you're absolutely right. Can I take you out for an expensive dinner? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's it. Man, that's, that's a skill set. It's a, I mean, how does that work? I don't know. Like, he just was like, you're, he's just like, you're stupid. You're this. Like, no one likes you. And then that person would be like, you're right. Oh, my God. Can we hang out? That's like John in a nutshell. We should, let's investigate that topic with him, why he thinks that's the case. 
<laughs> he's probably, yes, I think that's the first question we should ask him when he pops into this, this uh, in incident. Although that assumes that we have control over the direction of the conversation, which I have a feeling will not be within our control. Um, should I, do you guys want to like talk about um, <laughs> Keanu Reeves jokes before, uh, as we killed some time? Go on. I, I don't have any. I'll have yours. All right. Um, Keanu as your favorite librarian, Keanu Reeves. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah. Keanu as your homeless man, Keanu needs. Yeah. Keanu. This better fucking be crescendoing to something good. Because <laughs> I'm not impressed so far. As a kleptomaniac, Keanu thieves. Yeah. That's it? Yeah. All right. No? No? Yeah. No one liked it? That, you know, chuckle worthy. Um, did you see that he's auctioning off 15 minutes on Zoom? No, really? Okay, John. John's here, everyone. Uh, hey. He's Hold on. <laughs> John. Okay, first things first. It's a podcast, so no one is going to see what you look like, what crazy artwork is behind you, and also how you need a haircut. But, yes. I just got a haircut. Dude, you need a haircut. I literally just got a haircut. See, it's all clean. Oh my god, your hair's so long. I it was like down to here before. He was like a samurai. Yeah, you look like a samurai. Esther, why it's is like, your camera so low? What? I, I feel oh. like you have no neck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You, you literally look like a head floating. Oh, yes. That's what I do for most of my meetings. I'm just a head floating. Are so, you yeah, I'm at work. What are you doing, Ben? <laughs> I'm at home. Carefully preparing for this podcast. Oh. What, did you send me? Was I supposed to prepare something? <laughs> no. No. Okay. There's zero preparation. We okay. never prepare. Yeah. We were just we were just saying how we're we're gonna have to keep this going because we we're now on Spotify. Oh, are you? Oh, I saw that. I saw um, the last one you guys did. Yeah. Well, I didn't see it. I listened. Well, I only listened to the first ten minutes. <laughs> that good. It's okay. It's okay. No, it's I okay. just to sit there and listen to things when I can't visually see it just bores me. But that's the point of a podcast. That's why so many people love it because they're like just listening to it while they're doing other shit. That's why it's so popular. I mean, I guess so. Wow. Do you not listen, wow. you not listen to any podcast, John? No. <laughs> no. I listen I to the New York Times has do Modern Love. And I only listen to that because I watched the movie on Amer Amazon Prime. Yes, that's a cute and, one. Yeah, so they have a series, but that's the only time I've actually looked into the podcast, but that was years ago. And then when Esther asked me, I found your podcast. And I, I don't even know how to, I, I like, when Siri found podcasts, I opened something up and then searched. <laughs> I am worried what Siri opens up when you ask it on your phone. Well, I can only imagine what it opens up. It's a lot more visual things than <laughs> a podcast. Obviously. 
Um, no, we were just explaining how we were, we we're trying to figure out how to best describe a John Lynn. And we were saying how um, you come like once every 35 years. Because <laughs> you're such an anomaly character. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you. I, I, well, was that a compliment? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I also just woke up like 20 minutes ago. Why? Why? It's fucking four o'clock, John. It's my afternoon nap. Oh Normally between like 2.30 and 3.30. Anywho, so how's, how's your, how has your quarantine been? Or not yeah, John, quarantine? What so I want to know is how, how does a guy like John Lynn, who's like all about events, being out, and that's what you do, like how do you deal with quarantine? Has it been difficult? No, quarantine was easy for me because I don't really like people mostly. And to go out is just a job. So when I'm working, you're just working. And then yeah. to be like away from people is a lot easier. Um, I mean, I think it's what everyone wants to be. When you're around, like when you're doing events and you're around people 24 hours a day, like the last thing you want to do is answer another fucking question. Um, the quarantine was easy. I mean, I left though Miami like at the end of April. Um, I think once they announced Michigan, like wasn't allowing, wasn't stopping people from going to like their second homes there because they put a restriction. I like left that weekend um, and stayed up there until two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I think. It's easy up there because there's no, there's no one up there and everything was closed. So you like being sure. like... Uh, By myself? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, at, at points, yeah, you have to. Um, yeah, I actually do. Which is so you know, weird. So, You're such a social person. I know, but I go through phases. Like, I want to party all the time. Once I go, I'm, like, going. But, you know, once you get tired, but I'm sure you know. <laughs> Not calling anyone up. <laughs> you just need a break. <laughs> it's yeah. just, like, I mean, after January, think about, like, March. I was, like, traveling all throughout yeah. until, like, the summer. So, and then when everything got canceled, I was already in that mode of, like, I was on different planes. And once I had to stop, you're just, like, okay, this is nice you know, like to stop and do nothing and everyone's complaining and like, I'm not doing anything anyway, so. I really missed the first six weeks of, uh, of uh, quarantine because that was like, it was just this deliciously solitary, you know, situation, even though it was like, you were forced into it. Yeah. Like you, I found a lot of solace. I found a lot of like peace with just staying still. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone did because they were also scared. So like when you're scared, the place, place to be is at home. You just feel comfortable and then you get caught in that, you know, the comfortableness of being, or with your family or alone. And then, you know, everyone has those like, you know, whatever. <laughs> those like feelings of insecurities. And then, you know, it just catapults into fear and madness. Well, were, you al were, were you alone alone, John, or did you? Yeah, uh... no, I was alone. Uh, my brother would stop by once in a while, but no, I was alone. Were you? For the most part. <laughs> I was not alone. Obviously, I had a whole household. Well, not a household. I just had, you know, husband, child. But Wait. are you, what? 
No, I, I forgot. I was going to add, when you thought you were sick, did they, did you guys sleep in the same room or did you guys no. like separate? You, we you separated. were or like, okay. Yeah. Um, but again, it was so weird because it was so early on. It was like, I got sick like second week of March. Yeah. We were together then in Aspen like a week or two before, right? I know. Because yes. I just came back. So, so when those was- places happened, we were all together in Aspen because they had the Oolite thing and I was there. And then I left and you stayed. And then stayed. she came back like a week later and got sick. And I'm like, this fucking bitch. <laughs> and then you're reading on Aspen and it was like the little Nell. And I'm yes. like, you literally went there for drinks. Yes. Watching all those like Europeans and like fucking white people. I mean, <laughs> I, I thought it was disease. <laughs> like, I thought it was the around. Aussies. Was it the Euros? It was, the it was the Aussies. It was the Aussies. They were the Murdoch family, remember? <laughs> oh, well, it's so- yeah, They were all crazy. Okay, but the irony of this, John, is that you say it, it was the white people, and of course, everyone yeah. looked at me, and probably I you, <laughs> as like the Chinese so virus carrier in Aspen. So we're all like, uh, I swear I don't have it. I don't have it. I know. And then, I, of course, I get it. I'm like, oh my God, I'm playing a stereotype. This is awful. Then she literally, she started and I think we texted and she's like, I don't have it because I can't taste or smell. And she said something like, I have a cold. Two days later, it comes on like the news. Like some symptoms people are saying is they can't smell her. They can't taste or smell. And I'm like, you got it. (laughs) And you've been in like every hot spot. It's the worst, dude. But it's, I mean, yeah. I'm just hoping, like I said, this whole antibody better be like full, like legit because um, the the spike that just came out today, how crazy, like 3,200 new cases? Yes, I think so 3,207 it was. It's so crazy. crazy. It went from like, I think 12 or 13 days ago, it was like around 1,000. They said it was increasing daily and they're like, it'll go past 2,000. That was shocking. And then all of a sudden it went from 2000 to like 3,200. You're just like, and everyone keeps on blaming it on Memorial Day, but I'm like, not that many people were fucking out during Memorial Day. Memorial Day? That was so long yeah. ago. No, it well, was no, when they started weeks. reopening. Yeah, but that was two weeks ago because it's the second week of June. It's like mid June. But isn't it most, mostly like non-urban areas? I read that a lot of it was agriculture, like sort of more rural areas where people where they're registering the biggest uptick? I don't know. I mean, Miami-Dade has had, I think yesterday was like 500 cases and it just keeps on rising. I only really look at Miami-Dade and Florida. So I don't know about the other counties. Um, Yeah, it's times. I know. Yeah, you need to quarantine yourself, John. Dude, I was so good and then like, I went even out go to like there. have one drink at Soul House and all of a sudden I'm like at the Satai and then I'm at an after party. I'm like, I have to quarantine for another fucking week. And I've been <laughs> every, everywhere closed at 7 p.m. I'm like getting the party started at 5.45 and the woman's like, it's last call at six. And I'm just like, I'm not that fucking high. What do you mean last call is at six? And she's like, we close at seven. I'm like, I'm at Soho House. <laughs> I mean, I understood like that. It was just the back and then everywhere closed. It's smart of them. I mean, I think they're doing a really good job of like keeping it. Keeping people like you. 
from staying at yeah. the bar till like 11 p.m. Literally. <laughs> because I'd probably be the one getting it and like I'd have to tell Soul House. They'd have to be like, this motherfucker, now we have to close for another two weeks. Like, it's always so, the Asians. Always the it Asians. Is. <laughs> Fucking Asians. God damn it. With their Chinese virus. Um, we were just saying how you're like, what did, what did Ben say? You're like a truth spitter. Was that the comment? Yes, I think that was a truth spitter or a, yeah, yeah, we'll call it that. But then, or a shit, shit caller and then, but like you have the shit knack. Shit caller, for, shit caller. Shit caller. Yeah. But you have, you have the knack of like telling people like, you're a fucking dumb bitch. No one likes you, you know, da, 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 da. And then the person that you tell them is like, you're absolutely right, John. Can we hang out? <laughs> Let's go to dinner. Let's, I'll buy you dinner. Let's go hang out. We're always like, uh, versus like if I said that everyone would be like I'm gonna I'm gonna sue you <laughs> like whatever but only only John could get away file with an it. HR complaint yeah I'm like only John could just literally tell it like it is to somebody's face and then that person be like you're so right John okay can we when can we hang out again <laughs> I'm slightly terrified I'm I'm slightly terrified of you John like a part of me because we're cool and we're boys but like I, I'm terrified that if I ever like crossed you or like I wouldn't want to be the recipient of what you can unleash because it's yeah. you know it's I do get evil, but I think that I mean I'm not really calling people out when people do stupid shit they already know what they're doing, so it's like I'm just speaking their mind. I mean when you know you're fucking up you already know it and it's annoying for people to tell you and people like. You know, they'll beat around the bush. There's no point. I don't have time to, like, have a story for you. I'm just going to call you fucking racist or stupid motherfucker or a dumb bitch. And this is why. And then, and, I mean, people try to have discussions. Can we discuss it? I'm like, these are facts. It's not an opinion. I don't need to discuss anything. Okay, like, but you have are you, a fucking dumb bitch. <laughs> but have you ever gotten, like, somebody to be like, I'm going to, I'm like, how, how dare you, John? Who, you know, like, have you ever yes. gotten those... You have. Yes, I actually got, I was telling someone today about someone that was yelling at me and she tried to come at me. So I basically changed Even during quarantine. Oh, no, not, no, not recently. No, that oh, oh, okay, okay. No, because before I used to like beat around the bush like everyone else. Now when you just tell people to fuck up, they can't really say anything. I mean, <laughs> why are you telling me to fuck up? Because you're a dumb bitch. <laughs> I mean, was this the uh, was this the person that was trying to eject you from Soho House at seven p.m.? <laughs> oh no, I was really nice to them, <laughs> and I basically did everything wrong. I wanted to get drinks, and then they're like, "There's like you can only bring in four. Well, there can only be four people at a table, but then there was like five of us, and we're like, can we sit there?'" I'm like, you know what? Let's just leave because I'm that person. <laughs> I'm that douchebag. I was like that douchebag, but we were all, we were really nice. I mean, I understand why they're doing it. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, I guess no one really, no one, we, you never answer the question, John. Why do you think people are like, you just. Pretending to be a Republican. <laughs> By not answering questions directly. Oh, well, that's But actually, I just forgot the question, to be honest. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> that you just call people out and they don't care and they feel like they just want to, you know, as opposed to, like, other people calling other people out and then they get a lawsuit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I never, I just tell, was like, Was that I always who exaggerate. you were? Like, was that yeah, you just I mean, growing up? Yeah, it's me growing up and just me 
realizing that like, you know, I used to tell people quietly and now it just doesn't really work anymore. People just don't really care. And they like to act like asses and, you know, in public. So you just have to tell people like, I don't, I don't believe in the cancel culture. I think a lot of that is just, it's a bit too much. Um, but I think there's like a line where people need to be reprimanded publicly or privately, but you just have to be strong. And like, it's something that it just needs to like people just, I think the reason why people initially, what you were saying, Esther, is why they would be like, well, well let's be friends because they thought I was joking. And that's the mm. thing, because I'd be laughing, I'd already be like drunk, and I'm like, you're a dumb fucking bitch. <laughs> you know, and they are, but then they're laughing, and I'm laughing, and I'm like, no, you're really stupid, and then I have to talk to you because you're a friend of a friend's, and you know, that bullshit. And now, as I like, because before when you're younger, you want to be friends with everyone, maybe they have a hot friend, you just, you know, want to party. Now it's just like, I don't want to be around you, and this is the easiest way of being nice. That's um, unnerving, that's unnerving that like, I think that's what's unnerving is that you're like that we could be laughing together and then out of the blue, the zing, you know, like zing, like you could just take out my legs. Yeah. And I wouldn't even know about it. That's, <laughs> that's, that's really terrifying. But it keeps people in check also because it makes them think about saying stupid things. Um, well, they feel it, it, like they're comfortable. And I think that yeah. is one of the things that, you know, I mean, I, we can go there, but like, as I guess as like, like Asian folks, like in this country, like white folks can kind of say some like crazy shit w to Asians and we knowing kind of like how we don't like conflict or we're just kind of yeah. like, uh -huh, like, they, like, they don't expect that kind of reaction from us being like, are you fucking, you're a fucking racist as opposed to being like, whoa, like, you know, kind of like take a mental check, like that was a racist comment. And then like bringing it back to like your friends, like that person's racist. But like, you know, I think that was another kind of awakening for me is like, wow, like, you know, white folks see Asians as more, I guess like not, what's the word? Not obedient. Bitch boys. <laughs> they look at them as their bitch boys. That's how they always have. White people, I mean, that's, I mean, Asians are like the same. They fucking kiss white people's ass all the time. And I mean, it's just, it's funny because they're more racist than white people. So, <laughs> I yeah. mean, we all deserve each other for lack of better words. <laughs> it's like well, totally I think, intertwined. <laughs> yeah, but Asians are, I mean, but I like to like say, I was explaining to somebody, I'm like, Asians just like hate everybody. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, it doesn't even hate people. Yeah. Like, don't hate Koreans. Like, if you're trying, like, there's just like, there's really no like race lines. Like, they're just kind of like, yeah, like, we hate everyone. Like, I guess literally, like, my dad hates everybody. He doesn't care if my you're black, white, yeah. like, whatever. Asian. If you're dumb, yeah, Asian. He clearly hated Japanese people. That's a whole oh, other yeah. Everyone did. Not and 1910. Then, then, if you want to hear about the Southeast Asians, <laughs> Give me, I want some, yeah, I want to hear the nuance. Give me the nuance. I can't. It's just rude. It's unbecoming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like, there are weird, like, Asian hierarchies and that kind of, you know. It's like racist and classist and it's like, are it's we the hating them because they're darker skin than white people now? Or is it because, like, your eyes are slanted more? Because I can't. <laughs> I can't like keep up with what we're like hating people for. And it just, it'll change. Like 
the Japanese because of World War II, and then like it's probably over like a soccer league. I don't even know what people. Well, it's that it's that Ali Wong (laughs) sketch, you know, the bougie Asian and the jungle Asian. It's so true. It's so true. It's like are you the bougie Asian or the jungle Asian? Like she's like what half Chinese, half Vietnamese. Her husband is half. Filipino, half Japanese, and they're like, we're both bougie Asian and jungle Asian. I was dying. But it's true. That whole shit yeah. is real. It's really it is. real. Do I you, mean, you feel also. Do, go ahead. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, as you get older, you start turning into your parents. And then that's when you realize which Asian you are because things are like coming out of my mouth. And I'm like, damn, that was fucking rude. And like for me to say that, I'm just like, I need to reel it in. <laughs> Asian parents are the worst. So Sorry. Bad. What were you saying? <laughs> oh, wait, ben, what are you say? No, it just feels like, you know, and and maybe it's tokenism, but I do feel like there's at least more kind of representations coming online, if you will, like Asian Asian Americans, like in media. Is that or do you feel like that's just like a drop in the ocean? It's it's tokenism and that it's like a drop in, in, in the ocean. Is there Asians in media? Yeah, like who? Cool. Give us an like Ali Wong, I guess. Like, I was yeah, just thinking well, of Joan. Joe. Oh no, she's from like the 1970s and ABC. Who? Who, who was that Asian newscaster? The Asian. Maybe Connie Chung, the- dude. Connie, yes. Connie <laughs> Chung. She was married to uh, Maury. Actually, there's less Asian people because that, if that's the only one I can think of. Yeah, I can't Maria? really. Well, there's, you know, so you, you've, you've got like, you know, you've actually got bona fide like Asian stars now, right? Like whether Henry Golding or, you know. Oh, well, that's because oh, of Crazy Rich Asians. In two years, white people forget about him. You think so? Yeah. So then it is just a, yeah, because it's a little bit of an uptick, you know, like I, you know, you have, I haven't seen since Lost the representation of like an Asian American as necessarily being like a leading man or a sex symbol. I don't know if culturally, I mean, for me, from what I see culturally being Chinese, like I don't really need to see Asian people as leaders in that because it's like education, like the things we value are so different than what American people see that like those things I don't think have mattered. It's more like, they're people like for me, like they're Asians represented in the Nobel Peace Prize and like the Pulitzer and interesting things. And like, I mean, do we want a Kardashian? I mean, I, we have them, well, but I, I mean, they, it's just like, I don't know. Well, I don't, I, I think, I think what's different is because, you know, I think we were talking about this in another episode about like how there are Asian celebrities just in Asia. You know, so yeah. there's like a yeah, whole, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're huge. I mean, like, look at K-pop or look at any, like, you know, K-drama K-pop star or like in China, there's like tons of like, like, we're talking millions of followers on whatever social media. It's just that U- United States, Americans don't really understand it. So I don't know if anything, it's like, there's a whole different world you know, as opposed to like trying to break Hollywood because maybe they don't want to break Hollywood. But then I saw, and again, like I'm embarrassed that I'm mentioning like the three actors that I can think of. And it's to your point, I can only think of three or four, but then I, you know, and then even to bring up Bruce Lee, but I saw his, there was like a 30 for 30 about him called Be Water, which was all about like the point of being, you know, 
half Chinese or, or whether that's not even the right way to talk about it, right? He was born an American citizen, but grew up in Hong Kong. And, and just that struggle, right? Which to me seemed like, you know, it touches on what you guys are talking about. This idea of like the passive, submissive, you know, uh, you know, uh, archetype, you know, someone that doesn't want to assert themselves or shouldn't assert boy. themselves. A bitch boy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you're saying, it sounds like you're saying, I don't, I don't give a fuck I, or, or that it's not important. Yeah, I mean, for me, it, like those things, they're not important. It just, I, I mean, I think Asians are, <laughs> I mean, I think well, they're well represented enough. They own enough. They have, you know, I can't say that because I can say that as an Asian American, not Asians, because I think there's a very big difference between Asian Americans and Asians. And I was brought up in Michigan, so I would contribute myself even like, to, to be more American than I am Chinese. Um, but having those privileges and luxuries, it, it sort of is that I don't need to, you know, see those because in my mind, like, there we're already at a place where we, we don't need help for things culturally or as like, uh, as a minority in America. Um, yeah, so I don't again, think like striving. <clears throat> go, go ahead, ahead. sorry. No, just striving for those things. It's sort of like, I think we've already attained them. So, uh, I, you know, it's different, like what people want for everything, but you can't really say that Asians haven't, Asian Americans haven't succeeded in America. Um, right, I think the question is more, what, and maybe what you're saying is we don't need the validation of yeah. mainstream white America. Yeah. Yeah. I think I agree with that in that sense is like, because there is that home country backup plan, if, if anything, you know, I think that yeah. that was like clearly just depicted in Crazy Rich Asian, where there's like a whole, there's a whole dichotomy of classism and, you know, different, I guess, standard of living that they're up upholding to versus like if they were in the States, like, you know what I mean? Like, to them, it's like the States was just like a way of like going and obtaining like some fancy education and then going back home to their country of like, where they're just crazy. Yeah, that's it. And to, yeah, I mean, they all, you go to boarding school, you get schooled in the States at an Ivy League school and you go back and run your family's companies or you work with someone else. Like, it, and it, it's to like perfect their English and everything. And it's just that's what a lot of people are doing now. Like parents are sending their kids there just to better their English. And then when they go, go back home. I think what, what I found really kind of in a way bothersome and maybe I don't understanding to be bothered by it was like, the reason I think crazy Rich was so popular to like white mainstream audiences. It was like, Oh shit, they're materialistic as fuck too. And they throw great parties. And I was like, okay, now, I, now I can relate to them. I just found that yeah. to be a really fucking weird yeah. way to relate to a, you know, to a yeah, race, because, like. But it's well, excess. It's yeah. what every, I mean, it's just excess and that's what everyone loves. So, so capitalism know. and the capitalism is the global religion is what we're exactly. saying. Esther, you always say that, yeah. I mean, we can all sit here and pretend it's not, but like, I love to see a hot ass mess. I love to see like excess and like, that's why all these shows, they're just doing well because you hate to fucking love it. And I mean, Crazy Rich Asians show like the worst of the best of the fucking worst. And I mean, that scene on the fucking boat, like 
Yeah. Like, I know I have friends that, you know, they do that. And those, I mean, those, those things are real. And it's just, it, it's into this like super rich thing and that, you know, goes into every excess and people want everything that they can't have. And yeah, <clears throat> totally. I mean, if it's, if you go, you know, like I said, it's like being in America, race has such a huge, you know, <clears throat> prevalency of how you become successful in this country, you know, by, by far systemic racism is real and it's just it's the facts like black folks do not make as much money as say their counterpart you know of whatever race um but and and for me it's like okay but if i move to say korea which pretty much everyone's korean you're you're pretty much judge on class and that's never gonna go away you know classism is has been in existence since feudal you know kings and lords of whatever civilization it's like there's always the haves and the haves not so it's like it's always like interesting for me to be like hmm like do I deal with both classism and racism in America or do I just move to a Korea and just deal with classism (laughs) like it's like what it's like what is the boundaries here because you can only move to classism if you're at the top (laughs) like you're not gonna move if you're in the middle you know what I'm saying built on class (laughs) yeah no totally so it's like it is funny because then you come from like a very classist like you know, like in places like India where that shit is for real. Like, and that's why they want to move to a country like America. Cause they're like, man, like I could come and all I have to do is work hard and I could make money. And it's like, so it's a very different, like idealism when you come to this country as an immigrant, it's just like, okay, in my like village hometown of wherever, I will always be living as like, you know, whatever in this like village or do I move to America and just work my ass off and yeah, and deal with racism. But the, the passion for me to succeed will always trump, you know, or maybe it's not even passion. Maybe it's greed. I don't know. It's just interesting. The whole thing is really interesting. John, you're, are you high? (laughs) No, you like, I just, I just heard you say Trump and I like, didn't hear anything else. Me too. Oh no, sorry. I, I'm like what and then I focus I'm like no you use it as like trumping like a verb and I'm like yes, I, and sorry. Then I'm so, sorry. <laughs> so that's thrown off on that one <laughs> that's that motherfuckers magic I hate to say I know it. it's, it's oh. fucking annoying I mean he is good at what he does like I mean he's amazing he's great he yeah he I mean they're they're scam artists he's just a good scam artist and like oh my god it he's the best yeah yeah, he's 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 the modern day snake sales oil snake oh, totally. oil salesman. They said he's the only one that could be a billionaire for the poor people. Yeah, <laughs> like how fucking crazy like if you think about it. It's like a fake billionaire. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like he's yeah. like a billionaire, but he's like for the poor people, and poor people fucking believe him. And you're just like. How, what mind fuckery did you do that you convinced a poor working class white guy to be like, this billionaire is for me? Well, that's because poor people, you know, there, there was an interesting article I read when Trump won and it was written by a guy, uh, an ac- academician, whatever, who was from a smaller town. He's like, poor people don't hate rich people. They hate the professional class. The because managers. they're the... 
Yeah, the managers. Yeah. They're, the, they're the ones they so deal with. Like, um, so, so Trump is not, you know, like they, the reason that so many of them hate, hated Hillary and all of her followers is because she attracted mainly the managers or the professional class. And those are the people that they truly have had to answer to and felt, you know, patronized by um, their whole lives. They've never dealt with someone who's a billionaire. And they're like, I'll take the billionaire, you know, like I've never dealt so with you that mean, person. You mean elitism, like this kind of like intellectualisms or? No, it's no. different. It's like the, so poor people <clears throat> like, the the managers and not even directors but like managerial levels white collar workers when they started they would always like shit on people below them and billionaires are on top of them but the way i mean my understanding then i'm not like i didn't read the article but my understanding because i've read similar things was and i agree with this assessment is that the poor people hate the the managers and directors because they feel like directly they were the ones that were making decisions that affected them that it was up to them to stop the line billionaires were successful and they were just trying to save their companies so they look at super rich billionaires and ceos as very successful and a lot of people strive to be them so you can't really blame them for what they have to do but managers were like the line before them like why didn't they stick up for me like they're the ones doing all this to me and they could be doing something else. They should have been speaking to the CEO and that's how they set it up. And, and that's something that was sold to them also through the unions. I mean, this dates back like when all the bells were together before they were split, all these big companies, they were all that. I know because my father, we grew up in Detroit. My father worked for Michigan Bell. And when they split, like everyone got fired, but they got rid of everyone that had like four or five years within the retirement. And that's what happened over the years of like my father, like before they started the company and after, like every one of these companies, they work with people. And then like right before your retirement, five to seven years, they fire you and they won't give you any benefits and they call it a buyout. And that's what they do. And that's why, I mean, this is why a lot of like in Detroit, Chicago, like they started hating them because they would have to go back to working on the line, starting all over again. And it's like a bad cycle. And that's, they blame those people for never, but that was like in the eighties and nineties. That was exactly what I was trying to say. Okay. It, I, yeah, like I lived through it. So I saw it. So when I was reading it, I'm like, this is exactly what happens in like middle America in the Midwest. Like it just, these companies, because they were based on, you know, demographics and everyone was like, if you made like, you know, manager, let's say 55, 60 and you're in suburb and you're making 120, you're making good money. You're like upper middle class then. Um, but there was like a fine line between them and like the factory workers. But I mean, everyone ends up getting fucked except for the billionaires. So, but they're the, I mean, they have so much money. They've convinced the managers that like, it's the workers fault. They convince the workers that it's the manager's fault. Uh, it's and conquer, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's smart. Actually, you're totally right. That is, it's like a wartime thing. Yeah. Convince yeah. everyone. It's like what's happening now, this like, sorry to change the subject, but the fake news thing, like I've had people tell me like, I don't even trust CNN now, like smart, intelligent people. I'm like, they've really won because they've convinced intelligent, like people that I know, but like well-educated, they're questioning the New York Times and CNN and, you know, well, Fox has always been propaganda, but did you see what CNN put it should be? And I'm like, you're not intelligent enough to tell the difference between news and opinion. And if like 
you're not intelligent enough to do that. Like, and you're sort of well-educated half of, I mean, half America's done. <laughs> like I, I can't, I, it boggles my mind. still. this, that, well, you know, that, what's fake, you know, what's fake news. What? This podcast. Oh, what do you mean? Oh, is that what it's called? Well, it's the fake oh. podcast. <laughs> that was like, that, that joke totally fell off. That yeah. Just, I know. Sorry. Yeah. I was just laughing because I'm high. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah, wait, but, but actually, John, what you said is true. Like before you actually, after you prematurely came on and then before yeah. you came on later, I actually committed that exact uh, mistake or mistake or, or, or offense where I was talking about the stats regarding, uh, you know, Florida being the next coronavirus hotspot. Yeah. And I said something to the effect of, hey, you know, I read today on the news and then I think I said, well, it was on CNN, if you consider that the news. I, I, I actually said that. Yeah. Uh, so you're right. Um, I mean, I do still, you know, do I consider CNN to be like old classic, like Edward Morrow journalism? No. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, it's still credible, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, that's the problem that people can't, I mean, I do the same and it's not like, I don't believe it. It's just, there's so much shit out that like, I need at least two different sources before I like, and as well, you yeah. in two reputable things, not just one anymore. And it's not like I find one less credible. I just like, you know, people jump the gun and they will do things and publish something and like, four hours later, they have to take it back because they shouldn't publish it because they just didn't get enough facts. And I don't think that's fake news. I think people just need to reel in their excitement over like the quickness of like, I have to be the first person to break the news. Well, I also think it's like, it's just, there's facts. Like yes. this, this officer shot this man in the back. That these are facts. Like you could actually watch, like no one could discredit that because it's it's that it's, you can see it you can witness yeah. it like anybody regardless black white republican you could see that this officer shot this man in the back now it's it's the different news outlets that take those facts and starts to essentially spin so well he was he running you know what was the issue like so that is where like fox news will say something where they felt like he was a threat CNN yeah. will say there was no reason for him to shoot. So it, that's where kind of the opinionated facts start to become. They're just creating a narrative for their yeah. readers. Which is and, why George Floyd, I think, was so powerful because they're like, you could not spin that. And the people that tried to, they, they, I don't think they, they didn't succeed at all. It was I eight think minutes and 46. Yeah, they helped uh, you be, become bigger. Well, you'd be shocked because... I mean, this is, again, it's like, I feel like we, as like somebody, you know, we in our friend circle, we, there are certain stances that we take and we're obviously liberal. We're not, you know, Trump supporters. So I think we're also caught in a news bubble where all the news feed that we see is only advocating for the fact that what you just said, Ben, is like, these are, you know, you cannot deny what happened. It was, you know, what, and then I ended up watching that awful Candace Owen. Did you guys ever see that Candace Owen spiel about? Oh uh, yeah, but she's like, she's I'm not, not making. I'm not George Floyd isn't a martyr. Da 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 da. Yo, that thing got 
80 million views yeah. or something like it's insane how many and she's like and she's like this proper black woman who's educated and you know in her own words it's like i you know yes how he how he died was you know da 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 but he was a criminal da 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 da, da. and so it's like it's two it's like two realities that we're living in you know but but I, I I'm trying to pull up the stats now. I don't have them, but there was like some shocking and shocking in a good way percentage of Americans who denounced that act as for what it is, right? It was like seventy something percent, and we can focus on the twenty percent that didn't. But that's not insignificant. I think that you know that reflects something, you know. And we talked about this last week, right? It's significant institutions with vested interests in not upsetting their base or significant part of their base, making a pretty, you know, taking a pretty significant stand out, you know, like at least just nominally, whether they stick to it's another matter, but that stuff's not insignificant. Which is why I think that, you know, beyond the tragedy, it's, it's a significant thing for us as a society to have something where we all look at it and we don't derive at least 80% of us or 70, whatever percent of us don't have a different view of what happened, that we actually see something for what it is in a relatively unified way. Yeah. Disagree? It's just, yeah. I just, I just think this country is so divided though, that even if they saw, even, even if the 70% saw it as what it was, was a murder, um, did they find that it was first degree or third degree is one of those like, you know, levels of like how they would perceive that to be, you know, it's like, I, I don't know. I just think that some people will say, yes, it was a murder, but he was doing his job or, you know, there's just like, there's, there's so many ways to spin what just happened. Yeah. But again, I'm only, I'm only just like calling it what it is because it's crazy, man. This country is fucking crazy. There are some crazy people in this country. And regardless Everywhere. of how... But mostly in America, John. <laughs> no, I meant everywhere in America. Oh, yes. No, I said like, I, I meant everywhere, like all over America they are. It's not just like one area. It's like every region has... It's like on fucking cuckoo. And they're getting... It's get, and they're getting crazier. Like people are just getting crazier. Like the fucking... The suicides that are happening now? Oh, those like, two. There was like seven over a period of years, but like two in the past, like week or something, I, right? Literally two in the last week. And then yeah. the brother-in-law of one of the kids. Yeah, guys the half-brother got shot or shot. something. Yeah. yeah. You're just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. What the fuck is happening? That is some like KKK retaliation like that shit is like what is going on no one fucking hangs themselves on a no. tree and calls it suicide especially yeah. if you're black yeah no that i i don't understand like that and is some there's not even that much i mean there's news covering it but there wasn't I know. that much and then because there's no updates on it because i keep on looking to see what is happening with the trans woman and then the the and uh, the trans i don't even think they're they're ruling that as a, as a suicide which one the, I know the, one the was murdered. Trans, yeah, the black trans woman. They she was hanging, or she. They said they like haven't invested. It wasn't this year. I think it was like last year, and they brought it up because of these two. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, the hanging stuff is like, it was crazy. And then I forgot I was reading someone's Twitter about how this idea of um, like a race war happened, you know, in the last like 80 years, like pre Jim Crow, like just like the KKK legit, like just killed black voters from yeah. like just completely like massacred black black voters from coming out to vote. And like this happened like in, you know, well, Tulsa. hundred years ago. Yeah. Tulsa, I mean, that was just one of like, there were multiple Tulsa's from what I understand, but no one's like talking about it. And it's like, yeah. it's, America's fucking scary. But, but, but of course there was going to be, I mean, you know, what, what's happening right now is a shift like to undermine kind of one of the institutional historical underpinnings of this country. And of course there's going to be a reaction, right? Forever, yeah. you know, it's, you know, it was not going to quietly just turn into more a more harmonious place. Um, I think when we talk about violence and, and uh, disruption, right? I think when we had this discussion before, it's a natural byproduct of change. Like you can't have change without that, right? And yes. So, uh, maybe we have to go through that, you know, you just hope too many people aren't, aren't hurt in the process, but I, I don't see how something that predates us by that, by centuries is going to just change without major, you know, major, major escalation of violence or disruption. Yeah. You know, so many people have asked me what I thought about like the, the looting and the thing, and that's ex the exact thing I explained to them. Like, I don't really have an opinion, but you can't have change without violence. I mean, there's, it's, I mean, protests and, I mean, nothing has changed in the world without violence. It's just, it, for people to say that it's not, they're just fucking lying to themselves. <laughs> well, you know, people, people see that as like, you know, I've said this to certain people and they're like shocked, you know, they think I'm condoning it. I'm not. Yeah, no, not at all. I'm just explaining what You're I think is fact. natural. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm John Lenning them. <laughs> Literally, it's just like, there's going to be violence for change because no one wouldn't change. And I mean, I have so many white friends that are asking me shit and I'm just like, I don't fucking know. First of all, I'm not black and like, I can't even imagine being African American in like America. So like, I'm the wrong person to ask, but like, I hope you're not asking your black friends because like, are you like the question? Are you yes, like the, for the, a lot the, of people? Okay, like the sole minority friend that they feel comfortable asking these no, questions. No, I think I like, would never they, ask a black friend this, but I'll ask you. Yeah, no, I think they they would ask me because I would just tell them. But like, it's tiring, like explaining about why, and like I can't explain it because I'm like it's not. And but that's a lot of the times that I have to explain like these this, the violence is it's just part of like things that naturally have to happen and the reason why it has to is look this is the first time you've asked me about race and i've known you for 25 years because there's never been violence like this associated with protests and these deaths to end with race and this is why it's working you're asking questions don't know what you're doing with it but you know <laughs> baby steps That's for everything I mean, just okay. acknowledging the fact is a you know is a big turning step because you know, if they think, well, obviously not, because all those those websites with the Karens of the fucking world, you need to devote a show to those. <laughs> oh my God, we need to do a show that's video where we can fucking rape the Karens. <laughs> Raiding Karens? Raiding Karens. The looks, outfits. The looks, the outfits. Oh, wow, fashion police the voice, and Karens? Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a lot of Karens out there. Karen of the week. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, but what were, what were we just talking about? <laughs> I think I think what you were saying because like there's a similar concept in uh, like international like relations with you know the notion that war is just another form of diplomacy. Right? Yeah. So like it's the threat of force sometimes actually is part of negotiation, and if we're, and we're talking about a cultural negotiation or our societal negotiation as to like how we resolve institutionalized uh, you know, brutality against the part of our population, then maybe the threat of force by that very population is what's going to actually start changing things because you know the status, you know, the uh, the powers that be are afraid. They're afraid yeah. of. The outcome of violence they're like oh we better now make some changes and then the question is whether those changes are sufficient to avoid the violence that's being threatened where does all the gay stand on this john yeah i mean i you know i can't speak for the gays because like white gays are totally different they're like you can just throw them in with like the the suburban white women i mean there's like good ones here and there but to be honest, are you calling like, white gays Karens? Shoe. I mean, if the shoe fits, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I think I mean just white gays are different because they're privileged and like they came with like you know their whiteness. But normal gays, I mean, I guess that would be rude to call us normal because I'm <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> but I mean, I, I actually, I, I don't, I don't know. Well, they like, did try to hire the fucking LAPD for their gay pride parade. And that was like, hello, hey. not a good look. <laughs> Example, not a good 10 look. million, like 608. <laughs> what is wrong? <laughs> but um, no, I mean, and with pride, I think, I think gay men overall don't see race as an issue if they're white. So because I feel like they look, you know, being Chinese and gay, is like a thing I'm like seeing being, you know, a minority and sexism. I mean, not sexism, like homophobia. I have both, white people only see homo like homophobia. And I feel like sometimes they view it as like a handicap like being black is. So they associate that they are being victimized also. So we were all victims. Um, and that's a really big, I mean, I really do believe that's what that's the problem that a lot of them think that we're, you know, like, like we're brothers in this, but like they don't have to do anything because they feel the pain and they, they felt the pain, but they don't. And it's just, it's their whiteness and their privilege that allows them to do that. Um, it's like they're, you know, everyone's own oppression is like the, the most important. Yeah. It's one. all equal. And like, yeah. and, and the thing is like when you're being oppressed, you don't, I like I've never thought about is someone more oppressed than me because I feel like we're all oppressed but I feel like white people are never oppressed but then you bring in the homophobia and they're like we're oppressed like every other race and you'll notice like if you go through and find quotes from like prominent like men like they say super racist shit if you just like look what they're saying and speaking and you know um, I mean just the culture but mm. I think even, you know, like as, as a Jew, I see that sometimes you know, if I'm going to be critical about parts of, you know, uh, you know my, my Jewish brothers and sisters, I think it's the same thing. It's like this notion of, you know, we're not white, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you 
right? Because we're, you know, we've gone not undergone all this historical oppression, blah, blah, which is true, right? And there is, of course, a huge rise in anti-Semitism and all that. But that doesn't mean you're not white. It doesn't mean you don't yeah. derive the benefits of being white in, in America. That's exactly, that's what I meant. It's just like they forget that the, the whiteness is sort of, sort of overpowering. <laughs> it's, it's like that bright shining light that hides all the other flaws. And like other people don't have that, but it is. It's their whiteness. It's just like, it's a shining light and people of color, we don't fucking have that. It's just like, you can see everyone's flaws. Well, that's a good analogy. I was gonna I say, <laughs> If only we recorded that. <laughs> We are recording it, but um, yeah, it's it's must be so good to be white or not. Yeah. You know. oh. So so Louis C.K., who of course is fucked up, right? He had this, uh, you know, he's he's because of is he this. the rapey one? He's he's not the rapey one, but he's the guy that would like you know masturbate in front of people in front of women. Oh, the red haired like yeah, that guy. Okay, yeah, yeah, the he's kind of rapey. Oh. This is rapey. Not, yeah, we can say that. Yeah. yeah, dude, he is yeah, not that, attractive at it's all. It's an assault. That's that's a yeah. sexual. Yeah, he's a rapey one. But that, he did like, have a point. Care. Yeah, he he did a he did the stand up bit where he said uh, he goes, you know, of course being white because you're white doesn't mean you're better, but how can anyone argue that it isn't better being white in this country? Yeah. I agree. I mean, I think I understand him, but I'm not going to lie. I'm going to have to digest it for a second. What did they say? It's like, <laughs> if you're a poor white guy, sky's the limit. But if you're a rich black man, limits the sky. Yep, that's true. <laughs> that's that was, that true. was Chris Rock, by the way. That was a Chris Rock um, commentary. But You can quote yeah. it. Yeah, you're allowed to quote Chris Rock. Um, he's, he's okay. Yeah, no, the... That is what white supremacy wants you to believe. Hence, yeah. white supremacy. But um, all I know is if anyone's going to take down white supremacy on a global level, it's motherfucking China. Because <laughs> they're the only world power right now that could literally destroy the concept of white supremacy based on the fact that China has its own kind of cultural dominance. They have their own language. They have their own like global like initiative where they bought all of like East Africa and all of Latin America. I mean, they have so much power right now that they if have, they, they really- have the cash. And <laughs> they, they have, have the, the cash. cash. And if they really wanted to, they could just take down America yeah. as just like, and, and I think that's what's happening. And that's why the feds are buying up all of these fucking debt of corporations because the rumor has it that China's just waiting for this entire system to collapse. So it could just come in and just buy up the entire U.S. Stock, stock market. And so that means we can all speak Mandarin by the time we're 2050 or whatever. I'm going and back to my Mandarin name. <laughs> Ling Hong Chung. <laughs> Ni hao. <laughs> Bye, bitches. <laughs> But it's really, that's the only, <laughs> that is the only way, if you really want to talk about it on the global scale, yeah. that white supremacy, but it still doesn't affect the fact that China would then come as a, as a domination, where there'll still be power struggles and all of that, but... But China I mean, needs white supremacy to stay, because they need white supremacists to force liberals to, like, love China. 
Like, <laughs> if, if <laughs> what? So yeah. don't give me that look. <laughs> Hear me out. So white supremacists make like liberals like us hate them, and like we hate them because they're pushing like the China narrative with COVID, uh, and it's like people like Trump. So China needs white supremacists oh, because I they're see, the yeah, ones yeah. forced. Because if they weren't there, maybe right. America would believe that it's China because we wouldn't have to hate against someone to believe someone else. So right. you're I mean, saying that like, white supremacists might be right on this issue? No. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say no on that one. Wait, no, it's because you it, heard. <laughs> implicit in what you're saying is that there is some that, you know, maybe it's not a, like a campaign, but maybe it's a by, a nice byproduct of the, of the internal dynamic we have between like white supremacists and, and, uh, and liberals, right? Um, well, but I was but, saying it more that China just, it, like China wouldn't, China's a smart country. And if they have fucking stupid people like in the KKK here, why would they spend money trying to like convince or take over America when all they can do is like, leave the fucking KKK there and like they would have half America loving China. But if right, China that's, the, that's the enemy that China's yeah. the looked as a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. But well, what I was saying was that to Esther's point, if China is poised on the sideline to come in and at some point just make a run, you know, uh, uh, at us. Right. Yeah. Then, then what I'm saying is the, the, the white supremacists or the, or the sort of the China, you know, hate mongers, or the ones that are raising the alarm, you know, and pointing at China, they might be right in a sense that we should maybe pay closer attention to what China is doing. You know, of course, not in the hate-filled way they do it. And that in that sense, they, you know, liberals may be overlooking what, you know, the extent of the threat because they're too busy or too focused on calling out kind of the uh, the way in which, you know, the, you know, their, uh, they're raising this threat, right? Because they're doing it based on racism, based on. on yeah, hate. but then, but in in one sense, you have you have that these liberals who are so anti-Trump, they're almost like, well, yeah, we know, and we honestly don't care because we're yeah. so <laughs> anti-Trump, and Trump, Trump America, is worse than China America. But that's, that's why I'm saying that, like, that becomes too myopic, perhaps, right? In that, you know, you can recognize different threats and not have to equate them and say, well, they're both threats that need to be taken, you know, that we need to take, you know, keep our eye on at least, without just saying, well, you know, I only get to pick one threat and the other I, I'll just live with. Well, I mean, that was why everyone was so up in arms when Trump did that whole press conference at the White House, right at the peak of um, of George Floyd protests, and all he talked about was China. Remember, right, he thought he, he, could, was like, he could change the subject. Yeah, he thought, he he thought that he was actually going to talk about the the protests and the, and the riots and stuff. Instead, he was like, "Wait, President Xi, you're not gonna, you know, we're gonna put tariffs." Like he because he, he knows that in some weird way, China is a much bigger threat for the quote idealism of America than. Yeah oppressing black people and uprising of black folks like it for him it's like no no no. it's all about money at the end of the day and the only way america is going to collapse and it's happening it's crumbling is if one day you go to the bank and you can't take out your money 
That has happened in countries like Argentina. That has happened in countries like Korea. That has happened, happened on 9 11 in America. <laughs> I mean, they imagine the, when they closed the, banks the, feds are, the feds are printing money. Like, there is no money to be printed. There is literally, it's paper. There, it, it, so one day it's going to all crumble. And that is when, I mean, it's really scary, but that is like a serious threat if, Sorry, if this whole. Sorry. I felt like you were just going to sell us like cryptocurrency. <laughs> and then you're going to pull out something. And, and guys, here's our sponsor today. <laughs> Bitcoin. And Bitcoin is the best uh, like, possible answer. to like integrate your sponsors. Buy gold. <laughs> <Plus> Bitcoin. <laughs> Buy gold. No, but it's crazy. I'm sorry. But anyway, that's going really super dark. But it, I mean, I think about this a lot where I'm just like, Shit, my dad during the '80s when that whole sh crisis happened in in Korea, he told me he lost everything. The banks just his money was gone, so he never trusted banks. He used to keep cash under his mattress. I mean, cash. after that, I feel I would also. <laughs> he was like, "No, tr banks? Are you crazy? Banks? You would never put money in banks. All our money's digital. Just imagine you go in and one day you're like, what?" What? what you're zero zero it's so scary that, that is true would, actually it is all that. digital like it's no cash because someone can, can wipe you, imagine? you out could you imagine that is when fuck race war fuck black white yeah. people are just gonna lose their shit any oh yeah if you take their money i mean that's the biggest thing it i, I think every the people's livelihood that's why they voted for trump has nothing to do with anything. It always had to do with their money, how much money they can make. That was everyone's excuse. I voted for him because of the economy. And like, the economy is stupid. Anyways, yeah. we're at five o'clock. Okay. Um, I have, we do a lightning round fun questions for all our guests, John. Okay, what is this? <laughs> Where we ask really fun, silly questions and you, have, you, and, you and Ben have to answer in a very lightning round fashion okay it's not like tr it's not like trivia pursuit where i asked you like what is seven times 77 okay it's nothing like it's not math <laughs> that was racist sorry <laughs> <laughs> it sort of was i'm like bitch are you talking to me about math <laughs> where we give you calculus equations yeah. all right you, you ready yep oh wait before we move on do, do you have any last words about like the end of capitalism? I don't know. <laughs> don't be a racist douchebag. Okay, fair enough. That's a good one. Ben, what's uh, going on? Yeah, Why Ben, is what's two going of you? on? Is that like uh, your OnlyFans account? <laughs> I was having some, having some technical issues there. Okay, you what guys ready? All right, oh, okay, ready? Good. Okay, yeah. so this is lightning round. We're going in. Okay. What was the last thing you Googled, John? Oh, A-frame. A Literally right before this. A-frame? Yeah. A-frame house. An A-frame. Oh, okay. Ben? Uh, I was actually uh, Googling as we were talking about the percentages of uh, Americans that thought the George Floyd thing was a murder. Oh, got it. Okay. Um... Which TV sitcom would you star in, John? Beverly Hills 90210. 
Ooh, that's a good one. Okay, Ben. Uh, the Wonder Years. Oh, that's a good one. But would you be? Who would you be? <laughs> okay, time out. So that's my <laughs> next question. Oh. That's my next question. So which character would you be in that sitcom? John. I would be Jenny Garth. I can't remember who. <laughs> oh. What her name on the show was. Fuck, what was her name on the show? What oh. were any of their names? Brenda and Brandon. Come oh, on. Oh, Dylan and Dylan. Jessica, Jane, Je no, Jennifer? I'm just making that up. Jackie, Bobby, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, forget it. Bobby. Ben, <laughs> <laughs> um, ben who, who would you, who, what character would you, <gasps> would you play Winnie? In I was thinking years? about Winnie, but I, I actually think it would be his best friend, Paul Pfeiffer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I can see that. Oh, my God. I can okay. see Fred Savage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, still on the t topic of TV, John, if you had to be a reality TV show, which one would you choose? You love reality. Southern Charm. That's a good one. Um, ben? I don't watch reality TV. Oh, come on, dude. Okay. I, uh, Shark I Tank. Love, love Island. Is that good? It's kind of like the, the British one. It's just sort of this really thoughtless, cheesy. You but know, they're hot. Of, and they're hot. Yeah, yeah they're okay, of course yeah. hot. Okay. Uh, next. Uh, last lie you told. Uh, that I'd be Paul Pfeiffer. I really wanted to be Winnie. <laughs> I don't even know. John's like, I don't lie. I mean, I... I, I guess don't you don't lie. You just kind of... No, I don't. Yeah, I just, I just won't answer the question or like, I'll ignore it. All right. Oh, that I was like... <laughs> well, the last one was... No, I haven't gone out since the quarantine. <laughs> I just told someone that because they were good. They would berate me for doing the cell house <laughs> the, the, well, the, the other night. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I haven't gone out. I'm still quarantined since I got back. <laughs> so that Lies. was, yes, I did lie. <laughs> Such a lie. Okay, how old is the most expired thing in your fridge? Oh, shit. Oh, mine's probably like 10 years. Shut up. Yeah, dude, I, there's some shit I saw there that, I feel like it was like from that fucking loft apartment on 25th Street. Shut the Like from like what 2000. Yeah. I don't know. It's like a paste of Latin and I, I, AJI something. And the last time I remember making it was in that kitchen. J junior. I feel like it was Junior's. Is I'm it Aki? Yeah, is it's, it like, it's an like an Aki MO. It's a brown thing, but um, wow. that, yeah. So at least five or six years. <laughs> Damn, Ben, can you beat that? I've got like a drawer at the bottom of my fridge with some veggies and I don't dare to open that 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 drawer because there's some oh. shit in there that's oh, probably God. the whole ecosystem down there. Dude, you need to get that shit. Yeah, that you out. need to clean. <laughs> Vegetables are a bit nasty. All right. Yeah. Um, okay, John, I kind of know this answer, but John, would you rather be poor with great friends or rich with no friends? Rich with none. <laughs> I'm not going to answer it after the first one. <laughs> Sorry, friends, love you, but. 
<laughs> it was so obvious. I have to wake up month by myself. Don't need people. <laughs> with all I'm my money, old. you're like Scrooge McDuck with your fucking <laughs> yeah. I'm the other one. You're the other one. The other way. That's yeah. cute. <laughs> um. Okay. What else? What else? Um. Let's see. Okay. What do you keep on your nightstand? My weed pen. I have a thing of lotion. And my water, just my bottle of water, that's it. Weed, weed lotion, water. Water. Because I've been washing, you wash your hands so much, I have like the small lotion things like in every room. Wow. I mean, do you need anything else? What do What do you have, Ben? Is that weird? I feel like that's what do you I have? I have my weed pen. I uh, I have four books that I've never read. Oh, I yeah, I have like eight at my headboard that yeah. collect dust. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, so the same. Same. Okay. okay. If you could commit one crime and get away with it, what would that crime be? Murder. Oh my god! <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> yes. Yo, Very you did easy. not even <laughs> hesitate. Nope. Yeah. Wow. I don't even want to ask who, but no, definitely no. no. Wow. Okay. What about you, Ben? Uh, God, I wow. think it would have to be... Um, I don't know, like, like crime crime? Like I'm going to jail crime or... Yes, but you yes. could get away with it. You know you okay, want to murder I get away with it. Okay. Uh, I would say, uh, I don't know, I'm a little bit of a kleptomaniac. I kind of enjoy the idea of stealing. But what? So probably stealing what? If I could get away with pickpocketing, I'd do that. But you could get away with that now. That is so yeah, lame. You could murder someone and maybe get away with it too. No. no. I'd be so sloppy. I'd be posting on Instagram, like, live feeding it. So... <laughs> Because it, it'd be like, it'd be an entire night. <laughs> it's like relegated one person. Kidnapping. Ooh. Oh, that's a good one. Good Jesus. one. That goes. And you had to elevate the game. Yes. Yes. What about you? What about you, Esther? Oh, robbing a bank. Come on. Oh, that would be fun. Yes, I feel like that would be my second. Yeah, please. Like and shotgun. you get money. And I you know. get money. It's like a win-win. Oh, yeah. Murder's a, a big fail. People, John. Then you could like find murdering someone while i'm robbing the bank <laughs> that yes no well, but i only want to murder people that i want to i don't want to murder random people yeah that's, that would just that's, be that's that would bad be that's psycho yeah what mask would you use to rob a bank i wouldn't wear one <laughs> i mean if you're gonna rob it and not get caught why wear one <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a good logical point film yourself okay. and sell that video and get more money <laughs> Okay, last question. What was your most embarrassing moment? <laughs> John's like, <laughs> last night. <laughs> I, I'm just like, the night where I asked so Soho House why they have a last call. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I don't. The last embarrassing moment or just any? No, or like... the, wor the most embarrassing moment. When I was five, it was the only time I peed in my pants. When I was five, I <laughs> tried to steal a jolly. Actually, you can't steal shit. 
I tried to steal a Jolly Rancher from the teacher's office and she came out of the bathroom. I thought she went out. <laughs> that was embarrassing. And then I peed in my pants. It was like in fourth or fifth grade. I really wanted the great Jolly Rancher. And you know what I did? I even like, after she caught me, she's like, put it back, I ate it. I was already gonna be in trouble. <laughs> I like, it was like halfway over when I got caught. I'm like, well, and she's like, what are you doing? I'm <laughs> that says so much about you. Yeah, I was like, whatever, nine, ten. <laughs> You're like, oh, this one, yeah. fuck it. <laughs> but that would be it. <laughs> All right, Ben, most embarrassing moment. Yeah, I was peeing in my pants as well. It was on a plane. How it's old the worst. Were you? <laughs> I was 35. <laughs> were, you were not. No, he's joking. There's no, no. no were I'm you drunk? Joking. No, I was 30. How old was I? It was, no, it was, nine, it was right after 9-11. And I had to what? pee really badly. But remember they were enforcing that you can't go to the bathroom yeah. and get up. 30, yeah. And I already had to pee really badly. And then we had to circle uh, Reagan Airport in D.C. for like 45 minutes. And eventually I just went. You like in a cup or like you just peed, peed. Like in, I, you're in the I ocean. Had a, I, I had a, um, I had like a sweater that I just put between my legs and then I just went. <laughs> oh my God. That's, that's. Yes, that's very <laughs> because, dude, that's crazy. Did they yeah. know? Did you? Nine eleven was a tough time. Wait, but did you even tell them? You just left, right? What is he gonna yeah, do, was, John? Sitting, like, oh, excuse me. Class, and there's no one next to me. But as soon as I got up, I mean, I ran out. You know, and yeah. I can't imagine. You know, the scent that was left behind. I mean, oh. yeah. Yeah, because if you're holding it for a long time, that was like a good heavy stream. Yeah, no bueno. Mm -hmm. Wow, that. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, John, for coming Thanks. on. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. And we're done. All right. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. Ciao. <laughs>